0: Welcome, Nexus Church Family Online, to our series in the book of Mark that's self-titled. In the series, we're exploring the life of Jesus and applying it to our personal lives. If you have more questions or if you would like to get a hold of us... And go to NexusChurchMN.com. You can find all the information on there, as well as emailing NexusChurchMN at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook, but we'd love to connect with you and help you to connect to Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to our final week in this long series in the book of Mark where we've been discovering the life of Jesus and applying his teachings and his own life to our personal everyday lives. Well, today is really a, a good conclusion to this series because it is Jesus' final words to his disciples, to you and to I, followers of Christ. And in this final farewell, this last command this great commission, as we call it in the church world, is jesus 's final words to how we should model to others how we should live It is the culmination of what we 've talked about throughout this series in the book of Mark. now last week we took a look at the very first part of the great commission, and that is the go the go the the, the command to go and baptize that is to make Followers of Jesus. Now, there's a lot more to it than just going to people, right? Last week we examined that we are to go where they go, right? Where are they? (laughs) Are they at the sports arenas? Are they at the bars? Are they in local government facilities? Are they in the schools? Are they in the businesses? Wherever those people are who aren't followers of Jesus, that's where we go. There's so many different places where we can go. We could go and serve them. We can go and participate with them. As long as it falls in the line of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, right? He went to the bars. He didn't necessarily get hammered, right? But he went to where people were. We also can then serve people. Whether it's through like a a prison outreach or maybe at a, a food shelf or at a a women's shelter, whatever it is, we can then serve people like Jesus served people, care about where they are, right? So we can go where people are, hang out with them, have fun with them. We can go and we can serve them. But ultimately, at some point, we need to tell them about the truth of Jesus. We need to be, as he was, the light to this world. And so that's what we examined last week. We examined the go part. And so I want to read just briefly this Great Commission, both in the book of Mark and in the book of Matthew, and then examine what it means to teach, as Jesus states in the Great Commission. So let's just quickly begin That's a quick summary of what we learned last week, and now let's dig in for this week. So, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, we read, Then he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Right? It's exactly what we talked about last week. And then, if we want to fast forward at the end of Mark 16, the disciples went, and they preached, they healed, they continued exactly what Jesus did. But in the book of Matthew, uh, he expands upon this a little bit. He gives a little more detail. Mark is just like all about the action and Matthew goes into it just a little bit more. So here we go. Uh, We'll just kind of read the whole section of where this comes out of and this is Matthew 28. We'll begin with verse 16 and go all the way to the end in verse 20. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Right? We talked about this for a couple weeks. And Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Right? As we said last week, Jesus was like, All right, I've had enough. Stop doubting. I am in charge. All authority from the Father has been given to me. Now listen. Listen. Go, therefore, because of this authority, and make disciples of all nations... Then baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of age, right? So Jesus tells them, You have the power. I know you probably don't think that you can go do this, but I'm giving you power. I'm going to be with you always. And if you Read the book of John. You know full well that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He promised them that. That was in the the last supper as they were hanging out. Jesus gave them that final teaching. I'm going to send you the help of the Holy Spirit. He called them the advocate in John. And so we have this command, right? Very simply, we'll just read verse 20 of Matthew. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Paul put it this way in Colossians 3:16, let the message about Christ and its riches fill your lives so much so that you teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Right? So there is this we are to be filled and then go and fill others who haven't heard. Teach them. Expand upon Just not just the knowledge of Jesus, but go into it and and help them, walk alongside them, right? You know, baptism is just a public statement of faith in Jesus, right? And so when you go and you baptize somebody, there's so much more to it than what Mark says. And so Matthew expands upon it and says, we're going to teach them. We're going to help them understand to become like Christ, now, this requires a lot of time, doesn't it? Right, I can already think of what some people are, are processing right now. This requires more than I can give. Remember, the Holy Spirit is with you. Right, some experts say that it takes about 20 hours to fully grasp a concept. So if you've ever been in a new job, you can probably start thinking back upon when you first started And how long it took you to feel kind of like you're starting to get it, right? It it took probably half a week of being in that new job before you're like, okay, I got my surroundings. I know what's kind of required of me. And I'm, I'm getting okay with it. But then they say to fully excel at a job, it takes a minimum of two years. Two years at eight hours a week, right? That is 500 to 1,000 hours it takes to really excel at something. Now, that depends on how intricate it is and and how detailed you have to be within your work, right? But a minimum 500 hours to 1,000 hours to excel, to become an almost expert at what you do. Two years. That's intentional. (laughs) That's intentional. Jesus put it this way in Luke 6:40 that when a disciple is fully trained he will become like his teacher. And then therefore Jesus modeled it, right? Spending 3 years with his disciples, waking up with them every day, walking with them, showing them how to heal, how to teach, how to care and and love on those who are unlovable, how to go to those who aren't part of their, their, their group, the Jews. Right? Jesus did everything that nobody was supposed to do. He went to the outcasts. He went to the, the, those who were highly despised in society. He went to the rich. He went to the poor. He went to the women. He went to the children. He went to everything that he wasn't supposed to. And he modeled what it is to be a true follower of God he intentionally put time into his followers. And then he let them practice. I want to read from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. This is a, 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 just a beautiful example of how Jesus implemented his life, right? He spent every day with them. He taught them. He modeled to them. And then in, in chapter 10, verse 1, He sends them out, right? After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them ahead of him in pairs in every town and place is where he himself was about to go. He told them the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Now go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves, right? Like this is not an easy work. I'm sending you to prepare. I'm sending you to go and do what I've done, right? Uh, don't carry a money bag traveling bag or sandals right he's going into his teaching now don't greet anyone along the road whatever house you enter first say peace to this household if a person of peace is there your peace will rest upon him but if not it will return to you right like go and the holy spirit is going to be with you and he's going to fall upon people if they reject it don't worry the holy spirit isn't leaving you continue to work right Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they offer for the worker is worthy of his wages. Don't move from house to house. But when you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. When you enter any town and they don't welcome you, go into the streets and say, we are wiping the dust off of your town and that clings to our feet and witnesses against you. Now, know this for certain, the kingdom of God has come near. Right? And so, there to go out there to do exactly what Jesus did, and then of course, they come back and they report it to him. Right, we've done all of what you said, people are being healed, miracles are happening. And Jesus, is like, that's right, that's right, I told you that's what's gonna happen. Jesus sent his followers out. Eventually, we must release those who are under our care. Right, after we go to them, we spend time with them, we pour into them intentionally. Hours and hours. We teach them everything. We give them the opportunity to go, right? It's like an apprenticeship. We let them go. We let them practice. We're there with them. We watch them. They come back. We tell them, this is exactly how you're supposed to do it. Or maybe this is what we need to work on. And we let them do it again. But eventually, just like Jesus did, he let them go, right? Go. And what did they do? They went. And we have the book of acts to prove it so they went eventually we must let them go they weren't ready but with the holy spirit they had the power that was needed it's the same for us nobody's ever ready nobody's perfect right it it's it's what paul says in romans 8 28 we need to trust god because he's going to work out things for the good We must do our part to train them up. Then we need to trust God to work things out for good. He cares about his kingdom way more than we do. Amen. (sighs) We teach them. We model them. And so today I want to close with just a few thoughts about what it requires from us. Right? It takes time. It takes intentionality. It takes trust. It takes releasing. But ultimately, we don't need to be superstars. This isn't asking you to become like the next great Billy Graham or Bill Bright or you name the great evangelist that you want to model yourself after that you feel like, I could never be that man or that woman. Right? This isn't, We're not asking you to be somebody that you're not. We're asking you to be you. But here are some characteristics that I believe are very crucial to a person who wants to make a follower of Jesus, which is, again, something you're commanded to do. The great commission is not the great suggestion or the great thought or the great, you should try to become this someday. No, this is a command. Go. Go. All authority has been given to me. Now go. Like this is it. This is, if you're a follower of Christ, this is who you are. You are a child of God and you are called to be a disciple maker. Right? Go. But you don't have to be a powerhouse to do it. Here's just a couple of things that I want to encourage you with and some passages to back it up. First of all, to be a multiplier, to, to follow through on God's command to you, number one, you need to spend time with God. Period. Get into his word, right? Second Timothy 3.16 says this way, All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, including being a disciple-maker, being a multiplier. The Bible is God's main tool to work in your life. It prepares you, it equips you, it empowers you with the work of the Holy Spirit alive inside of you. Number two, to become a great multiplier. Not only do you spend time in God's word, but you spend time in his presence, praying seeking Him, allowing Him to speak to you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Leonard Radevon Hill put it this way. Listen to this. this It's good. No man is greater than his prayer life. Failing here, we fail everywhere. He sometimes just, as blunt as can be, it's so true. Friends, The more you communicate with God and let his word speak to you, the greater you'll be able to multiply others. The greater you'll be able to connect others to Jesus and see them be transformed by the goodness of God. It's not about you, right? It is, but it isn't. It's about allowing God to work in you. It's not how much... Giftings you have, or the smartness you have, it's, it's simply your passion for God and His Word, and spending time with Him and allowing it to transform you and work in you. And number two, not only do you need to spend time with God through His Word and through time and seeking Him and prayer and allowing Him to speak to you, it, you must desire to be with others who will help you grow sometimes we can spend time with god in our in our personal time and and it speaks to us it helps us grow but but there is something about a relationship with others that really helps us to to be refined god uses the church to can can just give us the ability that we wouldn't be able to on our own It's there to correct us, to rebuke us, to to encourage us, to challenge us. Listen to this, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 12. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Then Proverbs 27, 17, a very famous passage. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Your church family, your fellow brothers and sisters are there to help refine you, to correct you, to challenge you, to encourage you, to build you up, not to leave you hanging when times get tough. It's it's so good to have others in your life that you can trust and call on in times of need and to empower and to build each other up and and you can get so much more done to accomplish for the kingdom of god and then lastly i want to encourage you to be a multiplier to to be a disciple maker to be a great commission person who who follows after the commands of god it's to continue learning I think this is very important because you can spend time in God's Word. You can spend time in prayer and seeking Him and allowing Him to speak to you. You can surround yourself with great and awesome people. But if your spirit isn't open for correction, if your spirit isn't open for for becoming more and more like Christ, it, it, it falls all flat. You need to be willing to have a humble heart and listen and be teachable. Proverbs eighteen fifteen says, Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Likewise, in Proverbs 9, 9, it says, Instruct the wise and they will become even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. And then lastly, 2 Timothy two fifteen: Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. You can only go and bring people as far as you're willing to go yourself, right? A a student will not become greater than their master. You can only take a person as far as you can go. So think about that. Are you stunting other people's growth because you're not willing to change? Speaking this to myself, there's areas in my life I know I need to change and grow in. I think we all do right am i willing to allow others to speak into my life am i allowing god to speak to, into my life and am i humble enough to say i need to change that i don't have the answers i need help humility goes so far in making a difference in this world and in other people's lives well today as we wrap this series up this can be a very challenging message because so often we feel like we're not good enough. I don't have the time. Like I don't have, I'm not Jesus. I don't have three years to pour into somebody every day. I, I, I don't have all the wisdom and knowledge and there's so many character flaws in me. I don't want to recreate somebody else like myself. Friend, let's go back to this is God's command. This is what he asks of you. He's not asking you to be somebody you're not. He's saying, will you, where you are at right now, be willing to just step back? I know your time is limited. I know your, your, your abilities are limited. But will you just take a step with me? I'm not asking you to be a Bible scholar. I'm not asking you to spend 20 hours a week with, with me in prayer. I'm just asking you, will you start where you're at? take somebody along with you on the journey. That's what it's all about. That's exactly what Jesus did. He took people along with him in the journey. He asked, Follow me as I follow God. Will you turn to somebody and like Paul, say to them, Follow me as I follow Christ. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Because here's the deal, friends. David Platt said it perfectly he said the cost of discipleship is high it takes a lot but friends the cost of non-discipleship is even higher see my concern is that we are out to save so many people and be this light and and create these converts or whatever you want to call them right we've baptized this many people this year we've saved this many people this year but where are they now Have we let them just fall off and not poured into them? I love reaching people. I love being a part of the community. But if we're not being disciple makers, we we fall short of what God's call is on us. If it's just one person, will you pour your life into that one person? They matter. They matter. And if you... Need somebody to pour into you? Let me encourage you to reach out. We're here for you. You see, I believe that a church family is one big disciple-making family. We're here to encourage one another, to challenge one another, and to, to build each other up. That's what the church is about. Whether you, you fit into a small group or you find just a, a couple of people within a church family that encourages you, that's what it's all about. We build each other up and we go out and we reach our neighbors. We reach our coworker, We reach our fellow student. We reach out and love that one person. Because if that's, if that's the way Christians were instead of worrying about reaching the thousands, if we just really cared about that one and we poured ourselves into that one, Imagine what this world would look like. We would have double the Christians within a couple of years. That's that's fascinating thought, isn't it? I know it's not that easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus, right? You think about Jesus pouring himself into twelve. One abandoned him, right? Rejected him, one hundred percent. Did not come back. Two of them. One of them doubted, one of them abandoned him many times, but did come back and led the the massive move of the Holy Spirit. You don't know where those who you'll pour into will end up. But I can guarantee you where they'll end up if you don't. So it's worth it. It's worth it. So think about your person today. Who will you connect to Jesus and pour into and love on? It's worth it. Father, I pray for each person listening as we wrap up this series in the book of Mark. I pray that you will pour into their heart that one person that they will reach out to, that they will serve, that they will love. We need to go, but Father, even as important, we must take the time and love those who need to be encouraged in their walk with you. I pray, Father, for your power to fall upon every person listening and give them exactly what they need, the time, the resources, the wisdom, the patience, the love to follow through and be your hands and feet in the life of a person today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us again this week, Nexus Church family, and we are so excited to see you next week again as we start our new series. We'll see you then.